Welcome to the Son of a Preacher podcast. Please sit back and listen to the thoughts and musings from sermons that were first brought to the pulpit four, five, even six decades ago. I am GW, and I am the Son of a Preacher. I am so happy to be talking to you all again today. My dad first brought this message to the pulpit on April 9th, 1972. The topic that morning was keep your eyes on the finish line. The scripture was from the book of Hebrews, the 12th chapter and the second verse. Let us keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, on whom our faith depends from the beginning to the end. He did not give up because of the cross. On the contrary, because of the joy that was waiting for him, he thought nothing of the disgrace of dying on the cross and is now seated at the right side of God's throne. So keeping your eyes on the finish line, so what does it mean? I mean, it's interesting that I really don't remember my dad being a big sports fan, except for the Oklahoma University Sooners. And that's because both my dad and my mom attended there at different times, but they both attended OU. And as I was growing up, and still today, yeah, I was a big sports fan, and I played every sports activity I could find. And played some of them better than others. But I tried everything that I could get my hands on. And my, my dad and my mom would go to as many of my sporting events as they could. And I think they enjoyed it. And I didn't realize until much later that they were known in this little town where we lived. Well, apparently the coaches viewed them as real supporters of high school sports. Now, I even heard later from one of my old coaches of just how much he liked and respected my dad and appreciated the support that he gave the team. I wasn't even aware that they had even gotten to know each other. So one of the sports that I competed in was track and field. And that is a sport where the finish line is clearly defined. And everybody wants to get over the finish line. And that is one where if you take a look at a track meet, and there are people that are the fastest, the strongest, and they're leading the pack. And they're getting a lot of encouragement from their teammates and the spectators. But then you have the vast majority of the athletes who aren't going to be first or second across the finish line. But they are often being encouraged by their teammates and the spectators also. And it's so exciting because they're just about to achieve perhaps a new personal best in in one of the events. And so even though they might have come in next to last or even last in that event, but because they achieved a personal best, it is so exciting. They've won a victory because of that personal best. And they're excited and their teammates are excited. And the coaches are excited because a good coach has probably worked harder and spent more time encouraging the mediocre athlete to improve than he has with the fastest person who's probably more naturally gifted. Now, Paul, without a doubt, was a fan of track and field. He frequently used illustrations of racing. So let's take a look at that. He said that we run our race of life, and we run it before a great crowd of witnesses. And he says that you can do better when someone is watching you than when you were just doing it on your own. And the Christian must remember that there are many who watched them as they lived their Christian's life. And the Christian life is the race that we're talking about here. So good athletes keep their eyes on the finish line. They want to finish the race. They want to finish it strong. They have to finish the race. And it's so important that they finish the race. And, and my dad, now remember, this was 1972. 
And in 1972, my dad is using the example of the fact that we're seeing more and more young ladies competing in different athletic events. And this is because, well, this is very recently after Title IX came into effect. And that made it so schools had to spend an equal amount on women's athletics as they do on the men's athletics. So as the women are learning how to be competitive in an athletic sense, well, in 1972, it was still a new thing to have that number of ladies doing athletic events. Well, Paul says the Christian needs to run the race well. And he did that because, well, there are many who are watching the way that people are living. And he says the people that are being watched, and there's a large crowd of witnesses, and the witnesses are frequently looking for a way to downgrade what it is that the Christian life is leading toward. But Christians are part of the world, and they must make their living in the world, and they must live among other people. And there are places where Christians are not the majority. So we have to make our homes, and we have to show that a Christian way of life is an attractive way of life. So one thing that you need to do to lead a Christian way of life is to get rid of everything that gets in the way. So Paul says that he would like for all the Hebrew Christians to join him in getting rid of their sins. You know, all those sins that would stand in the way of running the best sort of race for the Lord. So get rid of the things that you, that you want to hold so tightly to. So he meant the things that are holding you back. So a good Christian will continue to live his life with his eyes on the Lord and concentrating on finishing the race in the best possible way, understanding that a person is able to run the race for the Lord, and they do that because of the joy that's waiting for them in heaven. And remember that Jesus thought nothing of the disgrace of dying on the cross, and he is seated at the right hand of God. So getting to the finish line, it is important. And the way you run the race is important. So do your best to run well during the life before you. Do your best. You must keep your eyes upon the Lord, for he is the goal of your life as Christians. So you have to run the race to finish the race as God would have you to do. And also remember that athletes need coaches. And a good athlete obviously is going to have great physical abilities, but even a mediocre athlete has physical abilities and that when you have a good coach, they can really bring out the attributes that you have. So every young Christian needs good coaching. And where do you get that from? Well, you get that from your parents, hopefully. So parents need to be with their children and remember how it is when a child is little. And it is then that the parent has the most influence. And as an experienced Christians, if you don't take the time and lead them when they were young, well, when they get older, they're not going to pay any attention to you. I mean, we're needed to help him to guide the young. I mean, training young Christians to care enough to do the best they can and helping other young Christians to become strong. So we need the experienced Christian people. Now, in 1972, my dad said that we need people to assure the young people that a good life is worth training for. And that's even more true today. A young person had a hard time living a godly life, a hard time in 1972. And my dad, certainly his generation, had a hard time in the 1920s and 30s when my dad was a youngster. But in the 1960s and the 70s, 
Yet all the things that were going on that had just seemed to fight against everything that we're trying to do in our Christian life, they were stacked against leading a godly life. And today that's still true. All the different activities that we have today for the young people that weren't available in 1972, but we still need to have a person to help that young person and someone who is able to understand what a godly life really is. And so we as adults, people who influence other young people, we need to keep our eye on the finish line, knowing that if we're able to cross the finish line and have lived a Christian life, then that there's going to be a reward for us in heaven. May the Lord bless you. Keep you in peace. Thanks for taking your valuable time today to listen to the musings of this son of a preacher. I hope the sermon excerpts from 40, 50 years ago proved to be both interesting and insightful. Please subscribe to this podcast. Let your friends know about this opportunity to see how the Bible and the problems of the world remain amazingly constant. New podcasts should arrive weekly, but there is currently a number of podcasts available if you wish to listen more frequently. May the Lord bless you. Keep you in peace. Thank mm-hmm. you.